You're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Holly. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We're excited to be back with you today. We are announcing the beginning first episode of our new home design series. This new home design series is brought to you by our architecture firm here in Dallas, HPD Architecture and Interiors. Holly and I work with homeowners to focus on making their homes better, both in new designs as well as remodels. And the more complicated, the better. We love adding on second stories, redoing master suites, and giving our homeowners that new kitchen that they've always dreamed of. So in this home design series, we are going to bring you a number of episodes that will break down the home design process step by step. So in this first episode, in episode 89, we will begin at the beginning, getting started, and we're going to share with you the essential information that you need for any home remodel or new home design. These are just a lot of decisions that you need to make up front as well as the types of information that you need to gather. So we're going to break this first episode into seven parts and that might sound like a lot but we're going to try to simplify it and break it down so that you can follow step by step on our checklist that will be available on our website for download. So at the end of this episode visit thearchitecturehappyhour.com and look for episode 89 and you'll be able to find a link to be able to download the checklist that's going to walk you through step by step exactly all the parts and pieces you're going to need to start your home remodel or new home project. Or step one is to figure out the what. And that means deciding how many square feet, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, basically what's your wish list? Do you want a one-story home or a two-story home? And start noticing what sort of architectural styles that you're attracted to. You want to start making a wish list of all the things that are going to go into this home. One of the things you really need to think about if there are any special features that you want. That could be special materials. For instance, you may have brick on the outside right now and you want to add some horizontal siding. Or you may decide that you want to have a metal roof instead of the type of roof that you have now. So anything that you really would like to add in the way your home looks, perhaps there's some special types of cabinets or special lighting or something like that that's out of the ordinary that you've seen somewhere and that you just really love. You need to really think about those things and if those are items that you want to incorporate in your new home. A lot of times when our new clients come to us, this is what they've been dreaming about and pinning and saving photos on their computer. So whether it's they they might have a Pinterest account that they've saved a ton of photos in, or they might have an account on House, H-O-U-Z-Z is a great site. So this is their wish list and their collection of images that uh, gets them really excited about their new home. The second category that we want you to think about is 
the where. So obviously we need to know where is this new project going to happen. Is it your existing home or have you purchased a new piece of property or new land? Is it maybe you don't have the land yet, but you know what city or what neighborhood you'd like to be in? So as much or as little information as you already have, let's write that down. That's going to be in our second category. And then once you know where your property is, you have to start understanding what are the restrictions on that property. You might have some zoning restrictions. There might be deed restrictions. There might be restrictions from your HOA. There could be all sorts of rules and regulations that sort of dictate what the limitations are as to what you can do. For instance, in the city of Dallas, there are different zoning areas. Some of them are historic. Some of them are what, what they call a conservation district. And if your home happens to be in a conservation district, the rules just really pile on. And you have to know what all of those are to be able to know what, you what the design parameters are, what you have to design to. Well, and several of our clients have had, their homes have been in high-rise apartment buildings. And so that adds a whole nother layer of restrictions or uh, rules that you have to follow in order to get the materials up to the new apartment suite. There's different hours that, that the contractor can use the elevator in order to move their people and their materials up and down. So all of that is helpful to know ahead of time so that you really know what you're walking into in your new project. Another thing that you have to think about is parking. Because during construction, a lot of times in, there's one city right now within the Dallas area that has severe parking restrictions. And so on larger projects, the contractors have had to rent parking spaces and then essentially have a shuttle to the construction site because the parking is so restricted. So our third category of information that you need to gather and consider is when, the timeline that is gonna be involved in the design and the construction of your project. So this includes knowing whether or not the city or the jurisdiction where you're gonna be building, whether or not they have timelines or deadlines about your building. Um, sometimes when you ha are able to start and stop completion of, of construction, those are going to be dictated to you and sometimes based on your financing you may be required to break ground a certain number of months or a year after a loan closes for example so uh, understanding your timeline and if for example if you have a family deadline or you want to we've got some clients have kids and they really want to be in their new home before their oldest child graduates from high school or before the baby is delivered if you've got a little one on the way. So um, we also have another client who has older parents who may need to live in the new renovated space and so we're on a timeline with that so that we can make sure the new space is ready when they need it. So that's another piece to look at is um, really what are your time restrictions? A lot of people always want to be in before a certain holiday. 
Always. Always. And that's a tough one because a lot of times we'll be scheduled to be through two months after that holiday and all of a sudden they decide, well, let's move up the construction finish date. And it's kind of tough to do after the fact. Well, and that's the the best way to condemn your project to <laughs> to having uh, delays is to say, oh, we have to be in by Christmas. And then you have this big dream of your big Christmas party in your new home. And I guarantee you it's not going to happen. <laughs> Something <laughs> will go wrong. And it's, it's just a, a good way to set yourself up for heartbreak. So let's not go there. Another thing you have to consider in your timeline is if your budget is mandating that you do the construction in phases, then you need to take a look at how long each phase will last and what you think your potential schedule is for starting another phase, whether it's gonna be a year or six months or longer. And so that will affect your planning in a big way. The next category we really want you to spend some time thinking about is what is your why? What is the goal for this house? If you're already in your home and you're renovating, is this going to be your forever home? Or if you're buying in a new location, is this a home that we need to plan for just the next five to 10 years? Or is or are we planning for your retirement and being able to age in the home uh, for a very long time? So thinking about what your your longevity of the home is going to be, what your plans are, and is this just a spec home for investment or, or do you really plan to stay here long term so maybe you can spend a little bit more money because you're going to be in it and enjoy it for a long time. Sometimes you also have to think about is whether you're going to plan on adding on to it later. We've had some clients who have bought a house specifically because of the location and then they want to remodel it because they want to be in that particular location. So they knew going in when they bought the house that they were going to be remodeling it. So that all gets tied up in some advanced planning. The next category we want you to think about is who. And this involves thinking about not only who's going to be the contractor, who's your architect, and are you going to work with a general contractor or are you going to be your own contractor? Uh, it also involves how are you purchasing it? So are you working with a developer and then you close after the home is done or are you purchasing the property yourself or maybe you already own your home? So you need to know who are the people involved and, and what role do they play in the in the project. And also who's going to live in the house and over what period of time? Because if you've got a growing family and you decide this may be your forever home and so you plan for your kids to be there and then what happens when you're an empty nester? I had one client years and years ago that we enlarged their house and then after the kids were gone we actually de-enlarged it, made it smaller again and because they really love their location. So you have to sort of figure out those things going in because if you're going to essentially have some temporary space, maybe that temporary space could be, even though it's temporary space for 10 years or so, um, maybe it could be designed so that 
it could be converted into, say, a pool cabana or a guest suite or something else so that it's more standalone and it's easy to close off. It's also helpful to look at uh, who are the decision makers in the process. So we've had any number of scenarios in, in projects we've done in the past. And oftentimes if we're working with, for example, a husband and wife um, couple, they may have several kids who want some input. There's always a mother-in-law involved that somehow gets to have input when they show them the plans on the weekends. Um, if somebody has your ear and it's going to be influencing your decisions or, or how you see the plans, it's really helpful to be honest with that up front um, because it can slow down the design process if we don't know who all is involved and who who really feels like they need to have a say in the decisions that are being made. We found that in almost every project, even if the client is a single person, that there is a committee that backs them up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the committee can be best friends, it can be relatives, it's you know whoever is gonna have input. And it's really kind of good to start getting their input at the beginning instead of getting down the road and then you show it to somebody whose opinion you value and they go, ooh, why did you do that? And then you start backtracking and, and rethinking and thinking, well, why did I do that? So it's good to have your committee on board at the beginning. So the sixth category of the seven is really all about the how. And the how focuses on how are we going to get this paid for? How are we going to get this done? So being really honest about your budget, understanding what the current cost of construction is in your area, and that can vary widely from different parts of the country, and even different parts of, of a city can, can have different expected values. And then you also want to look at what's the current value of your home if you're going to renovate and then what could you sell it for in the improved version? You can find out a lot of great information by talking to realtors about what is the going rate in your neighborhood. And one of the things I think you really need to take a look at is being careful not to overbuild. And overbuilding means if every house in your neighborhood is going, for instance, Let's just pick a number. It's going for three hundred fifty thousand, and by the time you improve your house, it's going to be over five hundred. It may not be a sustainable price. You may not be able to get what you think it's worth by the time you sell it. Or if every house in the neighborhood is three thousand square feet, and you build something that's five or six thousand square feet, you're not going to be able to sell it for what you think it's worth or what you've invested in it. So you really need to not overbuild for your neighborhood. Yeah, which is really hard to do because everyone comes with their wish list for their dream home. And sometimes that's not exactly compatible with your neighborhood. We have had to advise some of our clients that this is an amazing house that you want to build. It's just not right for this location. So try to be honest about that up front and as early as possible so that you can really manage your expectations and do something that's going to be a good investment for you and it'll be a good addition to the, to the neighborhood where you're living. 
One of the things you have to look at carefully is the financing options. If you already own your home and you're going to get a construction loan, uh, then you need to figure out how that works with your banker. Because some construction loans are typically made uh, so that as the, the draws are made, you pay the contractor as you go along and your loan value increases as you go along and you're paying interest on it. Then you get to the end of the construction project and that construction loan needs to be rolled over into some permanent financing or your mortgage loan needs to be refinanced so that that amount is put into your mortgage loan. There are all different ways of doing this. And if it's a very small project, you may have to get a personal loan because a bank may decide that it doesn't want to finance it. Or you can get a home equity loan. There are all sorts of financing options. And it does you well to do the investigation on the financing options before you ever get started so that you're not surprised by how long it takes to get it or the fees that are involved, or if you can roll it into your existing mortgage loan. If you're buying a new house or building a new house, uh, the financing options get a little bit more complex. So it's best to just go and talk to your banker or several different bankers and find out exactly how what the different options are for getting your loan put together. All right, so the last category that we want you to put some thought into is who is your team? And we've mentioned a few of these people along the way so far, but some of the people that we think you should probably have on your team ready to go, meaning go ahead and find these people ahead of time and make sure that you trust them and that you've got good relationships with them and that they're a good fit for your project. Really a great one to have is a realtor that understands your home type, whether it's a single family home in a neighborhood or maybe it's a duplex or it could be an apartment or a condo, whatever that specific kind of home is, the realtor should be an expert in that type. And then you also need a trustworthy mortgage banker that's going to advise you in all your options. Then there's the actual design team and that may include an architect, an interior designer, a lighting designer, landscape designer, all different types of designers with their consultants. You may need a surveyor because the property may not have had a recent survey and it's very important to have an accurate survey before you start a design. Then there's what they call a geotechnical engineer. This is a person or a company who can come out and drill a hole on the property or two holes or three holes and figure out what type of soil you have because it's important to know that soil type in order for a foundation to be designed by a structural engineer who is another critical member of the team if you're doing an addition. Then there's always the general contractor, and they come in all different forms and sizes. As Laura mentioned before, 
the general contractor might be a developer. Sometimes uh, there will be a lot that is for sale, and the stipulation is if you buy this lot, then the company that owns the lot is going to build your house for you. And so there, therein lies the developer. So the developer will step in and actually build your house for you. Uh, general contractors can be large firms or small firms. You need to find one that you trust explicitly because you're going to be working with them for a long time. You may also decide that you want a pool or some sort of specialty piece. We've worked with clients in the past who wanted a sport court or even a little fishing pond or something fun like that on their property. So any sort of specialty designer or consultant, it's good to go ahead and research those folks ahead of time, uh, look at their reviews online and talk to people who have used them because uh, they can be a great asset to the team. And then finally, if you live in a neighborhood that has a homeowners association, there may be an architectural review board or some sort of committee that has to look at your plans before they'll approve them. So you need to get to know what your homeowners association requires and who are the people on that committee that will be looking at your plans because it's very helpful to talk to them ahead of time to sort of know what hoops you're going to have to jump through in order to get your plans uh, approved. Yeah, because they may say, you know, you can only do your house in this particular color or this particular brick or some particular design. And so it's really helpful to know that way ahead of time instead of at the time that you submit the drawings to them for review. So even if you have an informal sit down with them, it's really helpful. So those are our seven steps to the essential information that you need to know when you're getting ready to start a remodel or a new home design. We hope that's helpful. We know it's a lot of information. So we are putting together a really helpful checklist on our website that will be free and available for download. And you are welcome to visit our website and go to our podcast website, thearchitecturehappyhour.com. And please use the comment section on the post for this episode, 89, to leave us a comment or a question. And if you're over on our Facebook page, we'd love to hear from you there. Leave us a question and then Holly and I will be doing either Facebook Live videos or answering questions. If it requires more detail, we may do a blog post and then share that on our Facebook as well. So please reach out to us. Let us know what sort of home building questions you have. And hopefully then we can incorporate that into future episodes. So until next time, start taking notes on your home design ideas. And we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.